Hi. Hello, how are you? I'm tired, how are you? Also tired. Okay, great. I think that's about par for the course. Yeah, I think that's <gasps> anybody and everybody in 2021. So here we are. It's fine. That's a, yeah, it's it's just, we're almost out. We're almost done. We're almost, I don't want to get too political, but like, we're, we're almost out of this. Oh, okay. I was about to say, <laughs> we're not even halfway done with the year. What are you talking about? But now I know what you mean. Yeah, the, the thing slow. that's too political to talk about the on The pepperoni pizza. <laughs> Panda Express. So I have two stories today. They're two little mini Ooh. stories. One's a funny story and one is like a mini historical cool fun fact story that I learned. Okay. Tell me. Teach which me. one do you want to which one do you want to hear first? Um, you know I like the history. Hit me with the history. Okay, so I'll hit you with the history. So this past weekend, this past Sunday, I don't, as for those of you who are on my Instagram account, I posted that I, I posted these wonderful waterfalls and was like, you know, Ooh. this whole like life thing. And then I was like, fuck the police. And then I oh. went hiking by myself and take yourself on a date, love yourself. And oh, that's blah, cute blah, blah. and sweet. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I have these hiking boots that I never got to use that I spent money for that I didn't have the money for. And I'm going to go hiking by myself. And you know, you know the boots that I'm talking about. Yeah, they're about. really cute it, boots too. Yes, they're great boots, and I'm upset I never got to use them for the original reason I bought them for. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go use them myself." So I went hiking. I went yes. hiking at Great Falls Park, where the falls were great. Where the falls were fucking great. They were lit. Like, let me tell you, like, it was it was really funny though because there's like these outlooks. Mm-hmm. Where you can go out and yeah. like obviously there, you go out to the end of this pier looking thing and you can see the falls right and then these guys were like set up with these like you know Nikon six thousand you know twenty six millimeter like I don't I'm just throwing out shit I don't even know like cameras right and I just walk yeah. up with my little phone and I was like click and I just walk <laughs> off so, that's really cute so I was like okay so this like this 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 park is cool mm-hmm. is neat and then i started noticing like some signs so i was like i'll be a nerd i'll be in the moment i'll go up to these signs and check them out apparently back in like the 1700s mm-hmm. like right like right at right at the turn of like the 1800s okay a canal was built to go around these falls so the falls Ooh. is on the um what was i say what did i say there? the po- potomac Potomac River. Thank you. I want to call it I want to call it Potomac so bad. Potomac River. So apparently, back in like we're talking like George George Washington, Mm -hmm. across the Potomac. Yes. So that's the river. Look at that. So (laughs) so the whole Potomac River was like a trade route kind of thing, and it was it's it's actually really it's a really nice river. Like it's so peaceful, so beautiful, except for the five waterfalls. Oh, that create obviously rapids and. You can't use them as trade routes if, you you know, there's rapids. Like, you'll destroy your boat. You'll drown, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Ruin everything. The Great Falls are pretty damn big. So, nice. like, they weren't, like, Burgess Falls big, but, like, yeah. wide okay. and, like, just rapidy ways. Okay. So, right. okay. So, they built a canal, which the most demanding one was the Great Falls Canal, the one that I went to. Yeah. It took 17 years to complete. Yowzers. And it had like a whole bunch of, it required engineering. There we go. So the reason why it was so difficult to make is because they had to make locks. There we go. They had to make mm. locks. Do you know what locks are? Yes. We're, okay, so for those of you who don't know what they are, they had to basically change 
at what water the, the how high the water was there we go so they would start yep. off like at a higher elevation hit the lock drain it and then they were mm-hmm. at, a, be at a lower elevation and they had to actually install those in the 1700s for your little boat to make it past these rapids and it's still there to this day obviously That's i don't use awesome. it anymore yeah because i was like why is the earth like all bowed out like this one of the locks is still there you can go and see it that's so cool it was so freaking cool it, it so i was like reading all the signs and whatnot and like they have it gated off because it was all it like back then bricked stoned cleaned up and now it's like obviously people have taken the stone mm-hmm. or it's eroded and blah 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 but it was so cool it was so great you should take just like a couple seconds to like google it real quick the, the great falls canal and see like it's it's a pretty decent feat. They had to build five canals around the Potomac River. Damn. Yeah. So, you, are you googling that? Yes, I am. Okay, you should you Google that. I and am. it was it was such a beautiful hike. So I'm on this hike. Okay. Oh, it's my, so my, pretty. The falls or the canal? Both. <laughs> so so cool. I'm on this hike by myself. You know, I'm yeah. trying to like be in the moment. I'm trying to like absorb it. Get my get my jam on right. And I I'm on this out overlook, looking over like the last of the rapids. And this crane-like bird lands in the rapids. And I'm like, bro, like, don't do that. You'll drown. And then I just see this bird go, whoop, and just go underwater. And I was like, bro, bro, that bird is fucking dead. I was like, there's no way that bird is coming back. So I stood there and waited for that bird to come up. And I was like, that bird just fucking unalived itself. Oh, my God. And it, it was probably like a good 20 seconds and it popped back up. And I was like... Oh, thank God. Oh, God. I didn't want to witness that on my hike. That would have been awful. Jesus. That bird's just like, I don't give a shit. Let's go. I guess. Birds are a different breed. You know what I mean? So here we are. That's very true. Okay. So that's my, that's okay. my history story. Now, that was a funny. great story. Thank you. Thank you. The hike was awesome. I'm probably going to go back and do it again because it was really pretty. The funny story. I yes. remembered this. I remembered this a lot. I just... And so it's, it's a thing that I have to tell because it's great. So... I don't remember when this was, but it was definitely pre-COVID. And Kevin, our dearest friend Kevin, his mm-hmm. father had surgery. Yep. Where he had to be put into a wheelchair for a little while, or he still might be. I don't remember how far back this was, but he's still in the wheelchair, I'm pretty sure. So mm-hmm. Kevin's dad had asked Kevin to, if he could come out to the house and help him with some things, because obviously you, there's things you can't do in a wheelchair. Certainly. So I asked Kevin, I was like, hey, you like, do you want me to come along? Because like, I know it kind of sucks going out there and like, because it's a big ass house and you're like by yourself. It's weird. He's like, yeah, like if you could, that'd be great. So I was like, yeah, I'll come along and help. No, not a big deal. So we get up there and we're, we're chit chatting with his dad and he's showing us like the modifications that he put on the house because of the wheelchair. Yeah. One of the things that he had to do is he had to put a railing up on the front porch of yeah. his house because like he needs something to hold on to to get up makes sense yeah but he has he has chickens oh no so he was showing he, so we went out the front door and he's showing us this railing he was actually leaving so we were putting him in the car so as we're going out he's showing us how he had to put like very low voltage lines on top of the railings because the chickens would get up there and shit on it and then he'd put his hand in it and he would get so mad so he's like this is stupid fuck you chickens so we're going out. He's shown us this, and the chickens are right there. So he oh, like no. collects okay. like a variety of different chickens, and so he's like, sh- like we're just shooting the shit. And I look down, and I look down, and I see the biggest rooster. Okay, and it is an entirely all black rooster. Uh huh. So as they're talking, like Kevin is out of talking, and I went, "Hey man, that's a nice big 
black cock you got there. Oh my god. Bro. How, what so, what did his dad say? So so Kevin, I don't even remember what Kevin's reaction was. I don't even think he just said anything cuz disappointment. Cause I, yeah, I know. So, so his dad, I like so many emotions went through his face. He was like yeah. uh, 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 and then like he was trying to like try to put two and two together why I just said that. Mm-hmm. So, so finally he goes, hold out your hand. And I was like, why? And he slaps it. He goes, that was kind of funny, though. But shame on you. <laughs> Got him. So apparently Kevin forgot the story. Oh, no. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how. So I was on the phone with him the other night. Okay. We were playing video games. And I went, hey, Kevin, you remember how your dad was like showing us the blah 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 and then i was like and i and i said to him hey nice big black cock you got there mm-hmm. and there was this really uncomfortable pause and then i hear kevin go what <laughs> <laughs> and so i started to laugh i was like you don't remember that i i told your your dad hey nice big black cock you got there and he was like no what the fuck <laughs> okay that makes it much better so yeah, that like that was a double whammy to the story because Kevin forgot. He's like, "When did you say that to my dad?" And I was like, "Bro, you were right there." Like, what do you mean? He probably just in the middle of it disassociated and was like, "I'm never gonna remember this." <laughs> which, <laughs> the trauma, which is, is fair. Real. <laughs> That's so mean. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Poor Kevin. So there's so poor there's Kevin's that. dad. Poor Rooster. That's the real. He's the real. Oh, one. he's the real victim here. Yeah, yeah. Sir, but, but- Sir Cluckula is the. Is the victim here? Fuck them chickens! You know how many times I went to go feed those assholes and they chased me and shit. Chickens are mean. They're chickens are <laughs> real mean. Fuck them chickens! You know what I mean? Oh, also, real quick, I wrote a note here. I said mm-hmm. in the in the beginning of last episode about the les- useless lesbian part one. Yeah, I, s- I said that I got a shirt and I didn't remember to say what was on the shirt. Yeah, I went to a tackle store called, and I quote, "Masturbate and tackle." And I bought a shirt that says Masturbate and Tackle. That's the best business title. Yep. When I tell you, my dad whipped the car (sighs) over into that shop and was like, we're getting shirts. I am not surprised in the least. Not at all. I absolutely love that shirt. I got a hole in it and I'm really upset. But I I can't wear it into public. Why? Do you know how many guys are like, hey, I like your shirt. And it's just really uncomfortable because it's happened to me three times, and it's every single time I wear it into public, some guy's like, I like your shirt. And I'm like, no. Well, of course they are. No, I think it's don't. funny. They're like, huh, a woman in a masturbation shirt. Huh. Exactly. So I'm like, no, 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 no more. So I just wear it around the house or if I'm not like particularly going to be like talking to somebody in the public. So that's fair. That's the shirt. That's the shirt I got. So there's the stories. There's a bunch of stuff. Those are really good. Those, yeah. Yeah, I particular I particularly enjoy the masturbate shirt. That's a that's a pretty good. I'll hmm. post a picture on. Please. It also says "bite me" on the shirt a couple of times. So, because <laughs> uh, it's a bait and tackle shirt. Yeah, ah, that's really funny. And it has that's yeah, good. it has a, a fish on it. It's a nice shirt. It's cool. I'll, I'll post it sometime. So beautiful. Here we are. You want to know what's also beautiful? What scary stories. Or people, since we're going to talk about that in this episode. So, um, people, flip the coin. We flipping the coin? Let's flip the coin. Yes. Okay. All right. What do you want? Uh, heads. You want heads? Yeah. Flip it. Oh, catch it. 
hit my fingernail with that one. Tails, I go first. Okay, fine. Okay, so before we start, if you like and appreciate what we do, and you want to support us and help us out, uh, we're still in need of some equipment to even make this better. Check us out on our Patreon at patreon.com slash her, I barely know her. We have two tiers. We have a investigator tier where you get a shout out on our podcast and close friends on Instagram. And then if you join the $7 tier of Medium, you get bonus content that we are working on. And it's actually pretty fucking cool. Some of the stuff we talk about. It's legitimately interesting. It's actually pretty interesting. So, yeah, we talk about like paranormal UFO stuff on here and then like everything else that is absolutely just weird in this world we talk about on there. Yes. So, that's it's pretty great. cool. So, and then you get a sticker. I got to mail out two stickers, which is cool. Ooh. So, you can also you also get a sticker. So, that's pretty neat. And I also have to order more stickers very soon because it's it's doing this thing. So, yeah, it's okay, cool. So, I'm going to go first. Neato. So, so this is actually part 1 of 2 of my uh self self avenging arc yeah of i fucked up story redemption there we go redemption this is my redemption arc because i fucked up i didn't realize i fucked up so if you can just just take a second to to recall back to i think it was like episode 31 where we talked about spiritualism in wicca yes i think it was episode 31 okay so i said i i was talking about um the whole the Gardner fellow who started Gerald Gardner who started mm-hmm. the whole Wicca thing. I was like, oh yeah, and then he talked to this guy named Alistair Crowley, and I was like, yeah, I like that guy's name. And then you made a face, and I was like, I don't know what that's for, and just <laughs> moseyed on. Means. Yeah, I was like, I just moseyed on with my life because I was like, Alistair Crowley, what a cool name. I'm just gonna put that out there. Five second Google, five second Google search could have saved me from being an absolute <laughs> idiot and not realizing what the hell I'm saying. I I got into talking with the girls over on drinking the Kool-Aid and I was doing like a hey like you want to like swap some like you know support back and forth and so I was like hey like you listen to one of my episodes I listen to one of yours it's it just so happened that episode that they told me to listen to was the Titanic and Alistair Crowley now I didn't put two and two together because I was like I like the name Alistair I didn't even think about the last name and they were referring him to as Crowley they kept calling him Crowley so I was like who is this guy who is this guy and of course they said the full name and I was like oh that's a ouster I like that name again like an idiot so they start talking about this guy and I'm like this guy's an asshole like this guy's an (laughs) evil what the hell and then I was like and then like a third of the way into it I was like wait 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 a minute and so like I pulled up my notes and lo and behold Mm -hmm. it's that person so as my redemption arc I really feel like this is my punishment for not doing a five-second Google search <laughs> of mentioning somebody and then not looking it up. So uh, it was good times. It was good times. It's this fine. guy was an asshole. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to punish myself by doing research on him and telling about it. I'm sold. I'm Okay, you ready? Yes. Yeah, you ready? Okay. Tell, tell so me all about him. This episode is probably going to be a little long because we both picked two people who were um, really like to write about themselves. Yeah. So there's a lot of information on them. So this so is going to be a little, yeah, this can be a little lengthy. Um, this definitely could have been a part two, but a lot of it is not totally relevant. So I'm going to like just put some stuff out there that is just as it is. There's going to be no description of what's going on. But I want to say, though, this guy travels a lot. So when I say he went here, he went there, he went here, like over there, over here, um, he's doing no good. He's oh, trying. He's okay. trying to summon demons. He's oh. doing. He's doing sex magic. 
Um, what a dick. Okay. He's he's trying to spread his cult. So when I say he traveled to Spain or he traveled to Germany or he traveled to Hong Kong, he's doing something. He's not just going there to just be lavish and live the life. He's doing some bullshit. Okay. All right. So, All right. Also, this is a little Feisty. heavy. Ooh. I want to say um, there's some stuff that happened in this, and I did put in my notes trigger warning. So I this the, what this the stuff this guy did was a little rough. So okay. um, if you're you know have some issues, and that's totally okay. I don't want to blast somebody with mm-hmm. some hardcore content that I'm going to talk about. So if you can't handle stuff like that, and like you just don't want that in your space. Probably not the best episode to listen to right now. I do have like a couple of points where I'm like, hey, trigger warning, like skip forward. Mm-hmm. So I have those in my notes, but this is a little rough just to pre-warn whoever needs that information. Okay. That's smart. That's good. Okay, cool. Appreciate the warning. Yes. Okay. Because if it was a little rough for me too. So I was like, Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Edward Alexander Crowley was born October 12th, 1875. What's that look okay. for? Uh, that, that look is because he changed his name from yeah. Edward Alexander? Yeah. Okay. To Alistair. Okay. The the dude called himself everything. Okay. Like, I, I wrote down a couple of things that he called himself. Like, he was like, you know what? I'm going to call myself this today. R- ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Oh. He died December 1st, 1947. Okay. I think he was like, I think that's like 72, 72 years old. Okay. So, his father, Alistair's father, inherited a very profitable brewing company called Crowley's Crowley's Alton Ales. Nice. I think I think that said that right. Uh, that left the Crowley's family very rich, but also allowing the father to retire before Alistair was even born. Nice. His mother married his father, and they were both very devout Christians, and it, it, in pretty much every aspect of their life, like everything they did okay. was just holy based. Yeah. Like they just some Christianity bled into every aspect of of their life, which was also something that affected Alistair, as I'll talk about a little bit. Okay. His father was a traveling preacher, would read verses of the Bible to his wife and son during breakfast. So, as I said, Mm. Alistair at one point did have a younger sister, but she died early in life. I couldn't, I didn't look up on what she passed away from, but yes, uh, he was supposed to have a sister, but she unfortunately did not make it. That's sad. Yeah. Um, Alistair and his mother did not get along. She referred to him as the beast. Wow. All yes. right. So Jiminy Christmas. Like, that took like, a turn immediately. Yeah, like like six 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 the beast. Oh, okay. All okay. right. That's good. That's Which, yeah, that's healthy. Yeah. Um he coined himself this later in life like he totally owned it he was like i'm the beast and like i'm this evil person like totally owned it okay because he's we're yeah it's bad his mother sent him to multiple evangelical christian boarding schools just because of like how like awful he was even as a kid well i mean that's what happens when you call him the beast yeah like hello yeah not good so um it lived a very strict life. Um, apparently, he, like, him and his mother, like, his mother tried to, like, put some stuff on him that he didn't like and was, like, really, it was really messed up about. And even though they were rich, they, like, apparently lived, like, a very impoverished life. Yeah, so frugal. Yeah, so a very um, hard on a child it could it could be. So oh, yeah. At the age of 11, Alistair's father passed away due to tongue cancer. And this is, yeah. Huh. Yeah. What was he, tongue. like, licking stuff? I don't know. Um, I do know that, like, drinking hot teas can give you throat cancer, but I have no idea what gives you tongue cancer. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, 
I don't I don't know what tongue cancer. I don't know if he like did tobacco. Maybe, maybe yeah, that might do it. Chew, like chewing chew tobacco, yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was that. Alistair um, always had an adoring admiration for his father. So after his death, Alistair described this as the turning point in his life because he definitely looked up to his dad, and now his dad was gone, and he was left with his mom. So it was like, Ugh. yeah. Due to his father's passing, he had um, inherited a third of his father's wealth, which was a lot. Yeah, I was about to say, that's a lot. Yes, and being 11 years old, he started to act out very wildly, and he was also punished very harshly because of it. Awesome. So he was only removed from school when he developed, yep, that's a word. What's it look like? (laughs) A word. (laughs) (laughs) Album, albumin urea. There we go. So it's a pathological condition where the protein albumin albumin mm-hmm. is abnormally present in the urine okay so he had a lot of weird health conditions both just he had it and then also like self-induced with drugs so oh, there's yeah. that he had a lot of surgeries throughout his life which was really odd and i didn't put that a lot in my notes but he did have a lot of ailments throughout his life so at some point along the lines um he started to oh there it is in my notes so as he started to attend more schools and colleges they weren't vibing with him he started to lash out against the teaching and rules of the Bible and Christian morals, and he started smoking, masturbating, and having sex with prostitutes. And at one point, he apparently was caught having sex with the maid. Apparently, oh wow, yeah. And his mom okay. caught them. Yeah, that's awkward. Yeah, he also caught syphilis at some point. I'm not surprised. Yeah, so syphilis, gonorrhea. He he was like on and off a little bit with the syphilis and the gonorrhea at some point. So Ooh. that's fun. They developed a cure for syphilis by then, right? Like penicillin I, was a thing? I'm pretty sure because he's still alive and it, I read oh, in the yeah. notes that he caught it. So Okay, he fair. Lived a, yeah, so I'm pretty sure at that time they did. Uh, he attended Cambridge University to initially study philosophy. And at this point is where he adopted the name Alistair over Edward. So at this point on, he went by Alistair. Okay. Why I didn't really look into it, but that's he just decided Because to it's it. cool, mom. Because he's just edgy. He's an edgelord. You're right. It's not a phase, Mom. It's my name now, okay? <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh <laughs> later, so he, he went to do uh, philosophy, but late, later he, he changed to English literature, which was actually, weirdly enough, not a major at the time. Oh. But he wrote, as I'm going to like talk about throughout this whole thing, he wrote like so much shit about himself. He wrote poetry. He wrote so much so much, yeah. so much like stories, like his like stuff for his own religion and magic and everything. Wrote nonstop, which is why there's so much about this guy. Makes his sense. hobbies he collected included, but not limited to, chess, poetry, and mountain climbing. No. Yep. He was he was a uh, cultured man, if you will. Oh, certainly, yeah, definitely. He he was president of the chess club. He wrote his own poetry, and he also climbed a shit ton of mountains throughout his entire life. Uh huh. We're we're gonna talk about one mountain that he climbed that ended really weird. Uh, he also continued with his wild sex life. So a lot of people like wrote about how he would have prostitutes in his dorm room almost every single night. And here in my notes is where he caught both gonorrhea and syphilis. Like at the same time? Not at the same time, but like fairly fairly close. Ha! <laughs> Yikes. Jeez. So Crowley started to delve into same-sex activities. However, this was illegal at the time mm-hmm. in the UK, which led him to his realizations of being bisexual. Now, the majority of this information comes from Wikipedia, and mm-hmm. 
it had mentioned that he had a mystical experience at this time, and I could not figure out what the mystical experience was that surrounded his bisexual awakening. That's fair. I don't, I don't know. So that's there. There you go. Uh, Herbert Charles Pollitt was the president of the drama club, and Alistair started the same-sex relationship with him. Aww. However, Alistair's growing interest in the, you know, oh, there it is. I, I did write the pronunciation. Es- esotericism. Oh, yeah. So he started, Alistair started, Alistair was like, if anything was related to like magic, not Christianity, dark, he just latched onto it and wanted to know everything about it. So with that growing interest, that didn't sit well with Herbert. So Herbert ended up breaking things off with Alistair, which also devastated Alistair in the process. Oh, that's, I wonder if that's where JK Rowling, don't sue me, got her idea for Grindelwald and Dumbledore. Because that's huh? exactly the same. Grindelwald oh. and Dumbledore were in a uh, gay relationship. Oh. And then Grindelwald went dark. And Dumbledore was like, I don't know if I'm on board with this. And then dumped him. I feel like that's just like a lot of gay tropes anyways. Yeah. Okay. Fair. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I'll let you have that moment. Um, so so Alistair traveled to St. Petersburg, Russia, to pursue a diplomatic career uh, through a brief illness he considered thoughts of mortality and the in the fertility of all human endeavor. So him being sick kind of led him to this enlightenment of what what is life? What is the purpose of this? Why are we all doing this? We're just on a rat race to nowhere, right? So that's kind of like his enlightening moment. Okay, makes sense. So this was his turning point, and he abandoned everything and turned towards the setting of a cult. Ooh, yeah, because if nothing else works, magic. <laughs> Just, uh, works hard, quits jobs, study the occult. So he then officially left Cambridge, even though he was an all-star student, like equivalents of like the dean's list here in America. Mm-hmm. And he did not earn a degree at Cambridge. That's sad. Cambridge is nice. Cambridge is really nice. So later, Alistair was introduced to a man by the name of George Cecil Jones, who was an occult member, and specifically to the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. The Golden what? Dawn. Dawn, like daybreak? Yeah. Okay, I thought you said dong, like penis, and I was very confused. Mm. <laughs> I was like, the golden dong, mm. that's interesting. No. <laughs> what kind of weird sex shit is he getting into? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, this early on. Dawn. Dawn. <laughs> Let me enunciate that. Let me clear my, th- <clears throat> clear my throat. Golden dawn. Jesus. <laughs> uh, sorry. Good. You need to get yeah. that out of your system. Yeah. Okay, good. My apologies. Right, here we go. <laughs> Where am I in my notes? Okay, there we go. So on November, we're calling it dong for the rest of this. There we go. Okay. So on November 18th of 1898, Alistair was initiated to the Golden Dong and took on the name of, see, he's constantly changing his name, Freighter Perduebo. Yeah, geez. <laughs> Which he took, it was supposed to be a mystical name, but he explained it as it meant I shall, I shall endure to the end. Oh, that's cute. I mean, you gotta don't stop. we all? You gotta stop saying this shit's cute because it's not. This guy's an no, asshole. No, no. I mean, but like, don't we all endure to the end? Like, we all endure until we die. Like, it's not original. Like, we, yeah, all, we I, all endure until I, the end. I do not need a quarter life crisis right now. I need you to reel it in. I'm I sorry. You. I'm very existential today. <laughs> uh, exponential over there <laughs> or after the podcast because my exponential crisis. <sighs> okay. 
Alistair owned his own flat where he invited senior Gold Dawn member Alan Bennett to live with him and personally teach him magic. Oh, that's yes. sweet. Stop I'm sorry. it. I was just, I was laughing about the golden dong. I'm sorry. Stop it. <laughs> uh, so he taught uh, ceremo- ceremonial magic and, and used ritualistic drugs. The drugs is oh. also a huge theme oh. throughout this entire thing. Like, if I'm not mentioning drugs, there's drugs. Okay. Together, they performed the rituals of the Goetia, which is a Latin term for the evocation of evil spirits. And I don't know if it was successful or not. Uh, Bennett also just left for South Asia to study Buddhism. Mm. Buddhism. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So he'll he'll come back up a little bit later. Okay. But so he, he's got friends worldwide, which is absolutely crazy. Mr. Worldwide over here. Uh, that's in my notes somewhere. So <laughs> of course it is. It is. So so Crowley then purchased a house by the name of Bulliskin. Okay. Which is on the shore of Loch Ness in Scotland. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did yeah. talk about that. Yes. That's going to be next episode because that's, that's also a part of my redemption arc because I have to cover okay. the house because the house. Woo. Okay. So I'm going to talk about this a little bit more uh, a little bit later, but there's a character by the name of Newberg who came to the house with Alistair and they did like a magical um, writement, but there's like way more to that. And oh, God. So they did some magical stuff there. Um, Crowley also did a lot of black magic there. And specifically in this house that I'm going to cover more on the next episode to cover the the Bulliskin house, mm-hmm. Alistair began a six-month ritual to summon his guardian angel. However, to do that, you have to be sober and absent the whole <gasps> entire time. Oh, no, but he can't, though. Correct. <laughs> and he still fucking tried and completely abandoned the whole ritual and during the ritual you have to summon the 13 demons of hell and do this whole thing and it didn't and he just abandoned it okay so so there's there's multiple issues with that okay so thinking about a ritual that you would have to summon like the top demons or whatever right like correct why would they make you not have sex and be like of like stable like not intoxicated that doesn't make any sense to me i don't know but i i hear i hear i hear you i feel you like i'm I'm picking up what you're putting down and i will find that out and i will answer all of your questions on the next podcast good because i I have so many questions i will i will delve into that whole ritual i will figure it out i'll get the name of it we're gonna break it down because i want to know too i want to know too but i want to cover the house because it also apparently cursed led zeppelin huh so that sucks that sucks a lot actually yeah because because one of the led zeppelin members bought the house yeah that's not cute poor guy are you sure it's not oh it's cute no no that's really sad that poor guy (laughs) no he didn't know so so anyways yeah so um he started this this god awful no pun intended uh ritual and then abandoned it because someone someone called on him to paris then he moved something something I forgot to write that down on my notes. But anyways, yeah, he ended up just leaving the house and selling it and being done with it. Okay, so, so he doesn't he doesn't have any follow through is what you're telling me. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely not. Okay. It took too long and he probably right. wanted to have sex. So here we are. That's fair. Alistair progressed through the lower ranks of the Golden Dog, but wanted to enter the groups of the Second Order. Okay, so he was admitted into the lower like, you know, journeyman ranks. So now he wants to be into the Second Order. However, he was quite unpopular with the occult occultist group as you could possibly imagine right probably Uh, because he called it the golden dong (laughs) 
<laughs> that's, that's probably why. <laughs> Someone's going to come at me for this. Uh, <laughs> I also, started it. Yeah, it was your fault. So because of his actual bisexuality and libertine lifestyle. Ooh. Because he was just living too liberally, apparently, and oh, also no. develops some feuds with the other members, which is very typical, right? Yeah, of course. So he was denied, you know, ranking up to the second order because not a lot of people liked him. However, being the weasel that he is, he just went straight to the top. Oh, okay. He went, he went straight to the top. He uh, contacted, no, he, he went to the dude's house. He went to Samuel Little MacGregor Mathers. Mathers. Okay. It was the start of the Golden Dawn occult group. Um, he lived in Paris, France. So he hung out with Mathers for a little bit and, you know, did his, like, little woo-woo. He's a pretty smooth character, apparently, and promoted Crowley to Oedipus Minor Grade. Oh. That divided the Golden Dawn between Mathers and the London branch, because the London branch where Crowley lived did not want him to level up because he's an asshole and then Mather was like no I like this guy let's I'm gonna promote him so kind of caused like a huge divide it was not good yeah, Mather's so weirdly enough Mather's ordered Crowley and another initiate by the name of Elaine Simpson to seize what is called the vault of adepts from the London members so it was like this whole like underground like espionage sabotage mm -hmm. and they were gonna like infiltrate the London um branch right building uh, lodge there we go and steal this thing however they were caught of course and they were taken to court over it yeah. uh and uh the the judge ruled in in favor of the london group so this left oh, no. crowley and mathers cast it out from the group of the occultists because also you don't you know fuck over your own occult that's really weird i mean yeah i'm i'm still kind of hung up on the fact that they didn't like like they're an occult group but they didn't like him because he did too much liberal crazy shit which is like what? Isn't that occult stuff? Yeah. I don't know. Like the, and also, the gay sex, that's too far. That's too... What? what? <laughs> that's that's where we draw the line. Yeah. We listen Summoning to demons. Bah. We, we par paranormal podcasts with demon ghosts and aliens, but you draw the line at swearing? That's weird. <gasps> How could you? Oh, my God. <sighs> I'm still not I'm still not over that. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. So that's, this is where we need to talk about where the line's being drawn here. So after this annex, right, he mm -hmm. was like, I'm going to go travel the world. And he does, which is... I think as Americans, like, traveling to other countries is just a really weird concept to us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Odd. So anyways, so he hits up Mexico City, of course, climbs a few mountains, writes a play or some, uh, writes a poetry. So he heads up to San Francisco, travels to Hawaii. Um, he's, like, also sex magic, banging people, Sounds drugs. Right occult stuff like he's not just visiting the sites i promise you uh hits up japan then hong kong travels to india and attempts to climb k2 where he contracts influenza oh. malaria Whoops. and snow blindness all at once apparently or like right oh. after like during the whole time um oh i don't know i don't know how the fuck he didn't die but uh they reached twenty thousand feet up the mountain and they had mm -hmm. to turn around yeah, that makes yeah. sense, because yeah. he, he would have died. Yowzers. Okay. So after that, he uh, he arrives back at Paris two years later, and then another year later, he ends up back in UK. Okay. So All he right. just was, like, traveling. Oh, this is where I have in my notes. Call him Mr. Worldwide Pitbull Ain't Got Shit on this motherfucker. 
Okay. Yeah. There it is. He, he does there like is. he does like two world tours and it's just absolutely crazy. Or like three. It's it's nuts. So he ends up marrying this woman by the name of Rose Edith Kelly mm-hmm. to save her from an arranged marriage. Aw. See that's however, nice. However, however, uh, Rose was the sister of one of Alistair's good friends, so it was kind of weird, apparently. So, like, the friend got really pissed about it because, you know, also Alistair is Alistair. Yeah. And, you know, like, your sibling just married this dude. And it's like, Haha, what the? F-? So. Yeah. I don't, okay. Yeah. It was it was for to be convenience for the both of them, for both yeah. Alistair and Rose. But then apparently, apparently, Alistair started to fall for his wife and wrote oh, no. her wrote her poetry oh no he loves his wife i i wrote in my notes gay (laughs) but i but i can say that because i'm gay so anyways so so here's 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 um here's where things get kind of cool yet interesting with but not so cool at the same time okay rose and alistair travel to cairo Claiming to be a prince and a princess. Uh, they get a hotel room and of fucking course they start doing some ritual bullshit to evoke <gasps> the Egyptian deities. Okay. Okay. Everywhere, right. wherever they go, whatever the religion is there, they're doing ritual bullshit of that religion. Okay. O- okay. That's so, all right. Rose became delirious at some point because there was probably some drugs involved and informed Alistair, and I quote, they are waiting for you. To which she explained they were the god Horus. Oh. She All later right. claimed that the equinox of the gods has come, where she led Alistair to a nearby museum because he wasn't having it. He was like, what are you doing? Like, I'm the one who has these visions. Like, what are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. So she leads him to a nearby museum because she, he was like, show me which god you're talking about. It can't possibly be Horus. You know, da, da, da. So they go to this museum. And then she takes him to an exhibit, to a, uh, to a slab. Okay. And I, I am not going to pronounce what the name of it is called. It's a, it's Fair. a, it's a, uh, like a rock slab kind of thing. However, this exhibit was numbered 666. Of course it was. Which Alistair find it super, like, not coincidental, or maybe coincidental, um, that it was marked out. So he, of course, like, you know, reads into it more mm. type of thing. So they're still there a few weeks later, and Alistair claims that he hears disembodied voices that was from Horace's messenger, Awas, A-I-W-A-S-S. Sure. We're just going to call it Horace's messenger. So over the next next three days, because I am so sorry, I probably should have, I probably looked it up, but I wrote these notes like more than a week ago. Over the next three days, Alistair wrote down everything that this messenger had to say into what is called the book of the law which you can get on amazon okay apparently i need to double check that but i'm pretty sure it's on my wish list okay so the book of the law but not like the torah book of the law no not that one (laughs) see what he did there okay do i did i see what i think i missed the joke no i i see what he did there because that's what the the hebrews called the the book of the the law like moses oh that thing and he was like "Uh uh-huh the law i get it oh yeah alistair also appropriated a lot of shit yeah 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 that's how it goes that's how they do it's how they do the book stated that humanity was entering a new eon and that Alistair was the new prophet. And when I say Eon, not like a new era kind of thing, but Eon, mm. like a magical, new, mm. like a magical shift kind okay. of deal. So yeah. this all sparks Alistair's own religion called Thelema. 
One more time. T-H-E-L-E-M-A. Thelema? Thelema. Thelema? Okay. All right. Yeah, Thelema. There we go. Thelema. Okay. I hope I'm not saying that wrong. Uh, so he, that's, this is a flat out a religion. Okay. You can join, exists, is real. There's right. churches for it, but I don't probably, they're probably few and far in between, right? So, and the, the, the book of the law written by Aleister Crowley, not, not the, the Hebrew one, um, <laughs> is apparently the, the, the deal, right? So the, the messenger actually told him to do a bunch of shit, like steal that slab in the museum um, that he didn't want to do. Um, okay. Alistair actually got kind of upset with a lot of the things that this messenger said, and he put all those manuscripts away. And he's like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to do any of this. I don't want to be the prophet, really. So he was just kind of like, I'm good. And So when you spend your life trying to talk to demons, and then... <laughs> One of them speaks to you. You say, actually, no, I don't want to do that. I think some of the things it specifically wanted him to do, he was like, eh. But I also don't think he wanted to be told what to do also, to be honest. Okay, That's fair. my opinion. So. That's fair. So after this, he just does a whole bunch of shit that I'm going to shotgun blast to. Is it quite necessarily relevant? But you just need to know that he went to all of these places and did some wild shit. Right. And here we go. So I'm just going to go through this. No context. You're just going to sit there and go, what the fuck, and then just move on with your life. Okay. So, re returning to the UK, after Cairo, Alistair's first child was born. I'll give you a nickel if you can guess what her name is, and I'll give you a hint. It's Lilith, um, isn't it? Yep. Okay. Yep. As soon as you said her, I was like, it's Lilith. This got to yep. be. Absolutely okay. named his first daughter Lilith, with I, which I think is, is metal, <sighs> to be honest. I would be love to name Lilith. I think that's so tight. Um, be careful what you say about names you wish. Do you think that are really cool? Five five second Google. No, I know who Lilith is. Okay, I don't need to five second Google okay. shit. I'm not learning my lesson here. Okay. Uh, he wrote some more poetry and found out founded his own publishing company due to his um, particularly odd works that nobody would publish, including Oops. his own pornography writings. He what? Wrote he wrote pornography for his wife. I mean, if you're going to write it, that's the person to write it to, you know? I guess. Oh. Apparently, she was bored, and to entertain her, he would write porn for her. So it was, like, the first fan fiction, like, the first, like, archive of her own type thing. Was it, like, them together, or was it, like, just random I, people? Zoe, Zoe, do you really think that I <laughs> went into that any further? Absolutely not. I like to imagine it, it was, like, she. she's, like, no, I think that... You know, President so and so and Prime Minister such and such would be so cute. And he like wrote a fan wrote a fan fiction. Yeah, absolutely. That's how Probably. I imagine it. That is I'll so pull up the funny. Wikipedia page later. Oh, wow. Weekend. Okay. You good? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, got his own publishing company. He climbed a mountain. Oh, this is where. Okay. Yikes! This okay. is where he gets kind of blacklisted by the climbing community. Okay. He climbs a mountain where he got into an argument with the other mountaineers. Mm -hmm. A about the climbing being too dangerous. So Alistair, obviously being the, the beast that he is, <laughs> wanted to climb the mountain, and the uh -huh. other ones were like, absolutely not, dude. Like, we're not going, blah, blah, blah. And Alistair's like, I'm going up. Like, it's happening. Um, the other climbers left Alistair on the mountain because they were like, we're going back down with or without you. And Alistair's oh, okay. like, like, I'm climbing this mountain, dude. Yowzers. All right. Um, I couldn't figure out what exactly happened it just said an accident 
I don't know if it was avalanche, rock slide, what happened? Lightning just hit the side of the mountain. I have no idea. An accident killed the party, minus Alistair. Because he stayed. Holy shit. The, it's not certain what happened, but the mountain, the mountain community blamed Alistair because a lot of people think that he got so mad that he summoned a storm or summoned that accident to kill off the party members. And he apparently didn't Holy do anything shit. as they were just in trouble. Yowzers. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's what happened huh. as he was climbing a mountain. So after that, anytime he tried to climb a mountain, not a lot of people would go with him. Understandable. Yeah. So he went big game hunting in India and wrote a book about it. Of course he but, did. But was kicked out of India after shooting two men, not fatally, who tried to mug him. Okay. Uh, he toured a little bit of China and Vietnam and smoked opium the whole entire time. Of course he did. Okay. Uh, Rose and Lilith were with him up until this point. Um, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rose and Lilith went home to the UK while Alistair went to Shanghai, Japan, Canada, New York, and then finally back to the UK. As I said, want to keep reiterating, when he went to these places, sex magic, drugs, occult stuff studying black magic something he was up to something i think he met up with also one of that friend that moved to south asia to do buddhism met up with his friend to learn some more rituals and bullshit yeah probably have so, some more sex you know that too do. upon returning to the uk he discovered lilith had passed away from typhoid in orangoon oh <gasps> yeah so when rose and lilith were headed home lilith passed away um alistair blamed rose for this uh due to her increased alcoholism oh that started around this time uh, okay yep so alistair had some like i said more health issues i i, I can imagine that the opioids didn't exactly help and so also rose gave birth to their second daughter lola oh not lilith too <laughs> that's awful well i mean the way that he names things and this kind I mean, of that's fair. detachment that it would take to blame your wife for the death of your child. Maybe. Like, yeah, what a I don't dick. Know. I'm sorry. That, he, ju that just, that bugs me. He's like, a little bit of a, of a penis. So in 1907, he, Alistair, declares that that messenger, Horace's messenger, came back to him mm -hmm. to tell him more stuff, which became the book, the holy books of Thalamia. Okay. So he wrote, like, you know, book number two for his... Okay thing right with the help of his old mentor george cecil jones as i recall yeah, he was a yeah. golden dong member uh okay. they found the their own occult order it's called aa but how you it's sometimes different how you see it because it's short for something however it's either a ellipses a ellipses or it's a the therefore symbol with the three dots mm. and then an a and then the therefore symbol again however it stands for Hmm. Argentium Astrum. Okay, so what's that translate to? Because Silver Latin. Star. Oh, Silver so not Star. Not Golden Dong. Okay, now the Silver Star. So they're second best, is what what they're saying. Because <laughs> 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 you yes. know silver. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Okay. All right. I like your I like your connection there. So they they started up AA. We're just gonna call it AA because apparently I can't read right now. So. They started in London, started their own branch, right? Uh-huh. It basically, as I said, Alistair loves to just appropriate a lot of things. Took a lot of rights that the Golden Dong had, um, but used his own um, basis that he's written in 
his holy books and the book of the law, right? Yeah, no way. No, he wouldn't do that. Alistair Crowley, no way. No way. So additionally, Rose's alcoholism was becoming worse. So Alistair did not want to be married to her anymore. So he, weirdly enough, divorced her on the grounds of his own adultery. Because like I said, he was doing sex magic while she went home. That So, so oh. instead of divorcing her for her own alcoholism, he divorced her for his own adultery. So as fucked up as that sounds, that was pr- during a time frame that if he had divorced her because some like quote unquote deficiency with her, she couldn't have gotten remarried or like nobody would have wanted to remarry her versus I guess. him saying, oh, it was all me. It was my fault. I cheated. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. So like that's, that's pretty shitty, but like not as shitty as it could have been. Yeah. 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 So it. It, apparently he was called gentleman like for doing that yeah so okay. here we are however she she refused to go to um rehab for it oh. but she had to be in, in, institutionalized for it because she was apparently just not able to take care of herself due to her own alcoholism yeah yeah so moving forward in 1909 crowley and victor newberg who was is now his sexual partner at the time. This Victor Newberg was the one that had to go through the magical rite in the Bolskin house. Bolskin oh. house. So that so this so this character Victor, he went through this rite and basically he had to be in the basement of this house, sleep on the equivalent of roses. I forget oh. what the what the actual flower is called, but it has thorns on it uh-huh. how to sleep on a bed of this shit naked be in isolation for 10 days and then um how do i word this uh crowley did a bunch of um sadist oh. stuff on him so okay so so yeah it was it was really weird um yeah 10 day trial 10 day magical trial and sadist yeah. acts on newberg yep so it was that's not that's not my jam that's, that's not, not your, yeah i Apparently that that's Russell Majimmy's. Um, um, oh, that's apparently okay. Alistair's jam. So here we are. So they that that's how these two particular people they met actually in college, and then that happened, and then it's like, all right, let's go tour the desert together. Apparently, so sure they decided to go tour Northeast Africa, travel okay. to the desert, and it was supposed to be a pleasure. Cru- this one was supposed to be a pleasure cruise, but of course it turns into um, Alistair wanting to do some more rituals. How romantic! It is. This is going to get a little fucked up. Yeah, I'm, I'm not ready for it. <laughs> Yo, um, get, re- get, get ready. So, okay. a few nights in, he begins a ritual. And I, there was a lot more written to it. There's a lot of more technical jargon. But I'm just for the sake of just telling you what happened. I kind of just summarized it a little bit. Okay. Began a ritual that was basically supposed to give him an astral-like projection. Okay. But it afflicted him for most of the trip. So, he started it. He was supposed to, like, see like another astral um other world kind of thing yeah. but apparently throughout the rest of the trip he kept having flashes back into this astral plane that was just awesome what i, I don't i have no idea so apparently there were celestial beings and symbolic language and he wrote it all down it's out there okay. um they eventually reached this oasis like place called bosada okay. i probably said that wrong but that's that's my best Good effort. Yeah. Uh, Where Alistair started the next part of the astral projection-ish ritual. It has like a name to it and it has like this old thing. So during this astral projection, 
uh, he ends up seeing like this black veil. He sees like another angel. And after afterwards, he gets like this feeling that he needs to go to the top of the mountains, right? Like he's just like, we need to go up there. We need to like hang out up there. So they go up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of make like this pseudo altar out of some rocks that they find. And then they begin to perform a magic sex ritual. Awesome. That apparently went way fucking wrong. Okay. So this is the trigger warning. This is the trigger warning of um, sexual assault. So if this is not your jam, um, skip forward. Probably about like a minute or so. Uh, The two try to summon the god named Pan. um, Yeah. But but if you do it wrong, the spirit possesses you. Okay. All right. Which they... They did it wrong, and and there was apparently a lot more to it than this, but I didn't want to get too much into detail what happened and what the details were, but they tried to do this, try to summon. Uh, apparently, Newberg was possessed by the by um, Pan the God and sexually assaulted Alistair, and it devastated Alistair for a little bit. So, Newberg was also haunted for the rest of his life by this incident, and oh, apparently yeah. just, yeah, apparently it... Fuck Newberg up pretty bad, but Alistair was kind of only devastated for, like, a little bit. Um, well. Yep. So they eventually kind of just split after that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, nope. Oops. So moving right along. So when Alistair returned about a year later, Mathers, the head of the Golden Dawn, dog guy, apparently he's now still head of, or was, is, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he sued Alistair for taking some of the bases of his own occult branch oh for the silver star i see yes for the silver star so the court ruled in alistair's favor and this trial became publicly known giving more alistair's giving alistair more aa club traction that's then that's how like he kind of gained his 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 occult group and his religion got more people and why it's still prevalent to this day he went on to write a numerous amounts of books about magic, which he spelled with a K on the end. So if you ever see M-A-G-I-C-K, that's how Alistair wrote it. That makes and, sense. Yeah. The biggest, more pre- most prevalent book that he wrote was called Book Four. Mm. And it had a bunch of magic stuff. And it's supposed to be like the flagship book of magic in his religion and Ooh, the cult magic. stuff. And blah, blah, blah. So... In 1912, Alistair teamed up with a German occultist, because like I said, he liked to rip off other people's work, um, but this, he apparently didn't rip off work from this German occultist, so when this guy called Alistair out on it, he was like, no, no, it's just coincidental, but we should be friends. Mm-hmm. So they became friends. So the guy's name is Theodore Ruse, and his occult was the name of Ordo Templi Orientis. Okay. O-T-O. O- o- T-O. Yeah, there we go. Okay. It was based out of Germany. So, Alistair called himself Baphomet. Ah, yeah. And proclaimed himself, this is what I got from Wikipedia, ex-degree, supreme rex, and sovereign grandmaster general of Ireland. <laughs> I... I can't even read it with a straight face. <clears throat> grandmaster general of Ireland, Iona, and all of the Britons. Okay. That's what he called himself. And the German, so Theodore Ruse, the German occultist, blessed him to have that name. Okay. That's all right. Um, Alistair and his lover, Newberg, so, uh, so excuse me, they were still together up until about this point. Okay. Uh, they headed to Paris 
uh, as you could possibly imagine, to perform sex magic, which was a six-week-long ritual. Jesus. Um, Him afterwards, and these long rituals, man. Yeah. So afterwards, they got into an argument. It was a whole thing. Um, they broke up, and Alistair cursed Newberg. Jesus. Okay. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So that 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 was the end of that whole scene. In 1914, uh-huh. at the start of World War One, Alistair moved to New York City and wrote for Vanity Fair. What? Yep. Okay. Wrote for, wrote for Vanity Fair, like like the clothing the clothing yeah. magazine. Yeah. That what? like I think merged with Vogue. I think. What did he write? Was it like fashion advice? Yep. Sex advice? I, I think, or maybe it was actually sex advice. I didn't actually look into it, but that whatever whatever Vanity Fair wrote about at that time. Yeah, okay. All right. He, he, was, he was actually running out of money, so he was just kind of looking for whatever freelance work he could find, and that's what he did okay. for a little bit. Yeah, English, so, English degree guy. Yep. He continued his sex magic with the use of masturbation, female prostitutes, and male clients of a Turkish bathhouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, with World War One, as I said, Alistair was a, a supporter of the Irish independence because mm-hmm. he proclaimed to be Irish himself to, to some degree, whatever that is. I don't know. In his pinky toe? I have no idea. Okay. He became a German sympathizer because he wanted UK to relinquish their hold over Ireland. Okay. So, he sided with Germany at that time. Um, he... Did a bunch of stuff in New York City about it. He wrote books. He kind of, he talked with other big head German sympathizers in New York City. So he became well known a German sympathizer in the U.S. That's he bad. Published works about it. That's bad. Yes, he uh, apparently called wrote a book called The Fatherlands or something like that. So yeah, not good. Oh, not good. Okay. Uh, he ended up traveling all over the U.S., uh, again, doing his shenanigans, uh, a little bit of Canada to try try and spread the OTO a little bit in his his own um, AA group, Sp- right? Spread the love, my man. Yes, he's spreading That's... it. Uh, after spending five years, so like the entirety of World War One, and then some returned to London five years later. Okay. So upon returning to London, Alistair decided to start an abbey in the province of Palermo. Okay. In Italy. Okay. Why in Italy? I don't know. I think it was supposed to be on an island. And they called it the Abbey of Bolemia. Okay. Bolemia. There we go. Several people moved with him to this abbey, and they were down for whatever he basically said that they needed to do. He called his oh, own room wow. the Chamber of Nightmares, where he painted hellish scenes and goblins onto his wall, because he started painting at some point. Okay. Um, Alistair, because of his asthma, was prescribed heroin, and he was addicted to heroin, and then would do cocaine. Okay, and it, and it was causing his nose to deteriorate. Right, because time. that's what happens when you snort a lot of coke; your septum disappears. You just, just have one big su- nostril. Can you not? You're welcome. Can you not? Uh-huh. Oh, God. Yeah. So okay. Uh, um. I didn't need that picture. Thank you. The Abbey also became absolutely disgusting with I can imagine. wild, rabid animals, and they wouldn't clean it. Some woman apparently had a child there, and I cannot imagine. No. 
Yeah. No, okay. No. So it was definitely unsanitary with the wild animals running through there, and it was not good. So a couple moved into the abbey where the wife loathed Alistair and the commune. She eventually came back to UK and told a newspaper about her experience here. So here is what her experience was. Oh. Uh, this is going to include a trigger warning of self-harm. So if you need to skip forward about a minute or so, please do that at this time. So she, like I said, came forward to the press. She stated that they had to drink the blood sacrifice of a cat and they had to cut themselves with razor blades every time they said the pronoun I and trigger warning. What the actual fuck? Yep. So they just had to drink some cat blood, according to Alistair, and they needed to do that, and they couldn't call themselves I. I don't know what they were supposed to call themselves. I Like, we? The royal we? The royal we, yes. Crowleyites? So, probably. So the husband ended up drinking from a nasty, polluted stream and mm. died from... I got typhoid, and then I also got a liver infection. Either way... He drank something he wasn't supposed to and passed away. Um, They're at the Abbey. Two people, I think, died actually at the Abbey. And the wife went home and told the press what had happened. Now, when Alistair returned from the UK back to London before the Abbey, there was a tabloidist by the name of John Bull who got a hold of Alistair's publications of Germany Mm. and was consistently attacking Alistair for being a German supporter. So now that he caught wind of the awful stories that came from the commune, Abbey Place, um, that tabloidist went wild and published articles all over Europe, all in the US. He wanted everyone to know who the hell this asshole was. They hated him and they were like, no, this guy's a psycho. Yeah, I mean, yes. Mussolini... The prime minister of Italy at the time, the fascist leader, yeah, uh-huh. found out about Alistair okay. and that he was in Italy and told him to get the fuck out. Benito Mussolini said yes. leave. Yes. What? Yep. So told him to get the fuck out. You're you're done. Get out of my country. And he Jesus. Yep, left. The Abbey still stands to this day. Uh, there was an attempt to restore it and an, an Alistair Crowley fanatic um Wanted to restore it, but it didn't happen. Uh, the locals went in and plastered everything white to get the evil paintings off the wall. A lot of people said that the place is, in fact, haunted. I wouldn't not yeah. believe it. Yeah, I could imagine so. And apparently the place was put up for sale in, I think, 2010 for hmm. a shit ton of money. But yeah. no one bought it? As far Too as I'm haunted. aware. Yep. So after some more debauchery, he got into Paris and was also deported from France. <laughs> Uh, most, mostly because everybody thought he was a German spy. And this was also the start of World War II. We're, yep. we're getting to the start of World War II at this time. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll, yep, that'll do it. So, um, thought he was a German spy. Uh, also, he was performing a lot of sex magic with people. And um, Alistair loved to write about it. Alistair also loved to get um, news reporters, reporters in on it to write also about it. He loved the public fame. So it was getting out what he was doing. So France was like, also GTFO. So when he went back to the UK, he met a woman by the name of Maria Teresa Sanchez and married her. Okay. They moved to Berlin and continued to have, he continued to have affairs. I'm not surprised. (laughs) Uh. Um, After he left Berlin, uh, he also ended up leaving Sanchez behind at some point. It was just like, we're we're done. Um, That's sad. 
He went back to London, but during the London bombings of World War II, World War II, he ended up having to like move into the outskirts of not London. Um, his house, his health started to decline due to his asthma. Also, having another round of addiction to the to the heroin and everything else that he's had to endure in his life because this man's been sick a lot. At this point, along comes along the line comes Gerald Gardner. Okay. All right, the the, yeah. the, wick, the wicked guy, right? Yes. So they 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 get introduced to each other and they start jiving. They start their friends now, and yes. So this was not a whole lot happened a late a lot later in um, Alistair's life. Mm. It just kind of went directly downhill because he was getting old. Obviously, like nobody wants to like touch him at this point. Um, everyone knows who he is that he's an asshole, yeah. um, a really bad person. So it, it kind of died down towards the later of his life. And then on December first of nineteen forty-seven, Crowley died due to chronic bronchitis. Well, that's yeah. Twelve people showed up to his funeral. Oh, that's actually sad. That's a little sad. Uh, he was cremated, and his ashes were sent to his occult buddy. The, the German occultist. Yeah. Um, his occult was deemed uh, no good by Hitler, and that dude had to flee. Jesus. Yeah, so he fled. Um, so the o- uh, OTO was um, reestablished in the U.S., and so his his ashes were sent to that occult buddy, and then his ashes were buried in that, in that friend's garden in Hampton, New Jersey. Well, today I learned... Today you learned where Alistair Crowley lies in Hampton, New Jersey. Yowzers. Okay. So that's the end. Huh. Yeah, that was a lot. That was, wait, like, there's so much more. Yeah, that's Jesus. He wrote everything. He wrote down everything. And, like, everywhere you go to, like, look this stuff up, it's just, like, a branch off here and a branch off there. And it's like, oh, geez. So I spent probably a week solid working on this, and it was rough. So... Most of the information that I got was from Wikipedia or other, like, Wikipedia, because it was so good. Like, like yeah. honestly, the information was just enough to get the point across of what this guy was up to most of his life, so. Who? Who? Yeah. That was a bunch. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah, you did great. You did good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I feel informed. Okay. Do, you, do you do you feel like you, you get this guy now? Uh, No, I still don't understand. I don't understand why he did the things that he did, but I know I what he did. Anybody now yeah so oof so that's how occult occult stuff and black magic kind of got a revitalized in the western hemisphere because of this guy hmm. so cool neat there we are well yeah here we are so next episode is going to cover the house and then we're going to cover the ritual that he did and then the other shit surrounding the house and what happened to other people who lived in the house Alrighty, cool i'm into it <laughs> How's it haunting, everyone? I'm Chris. And I'm Melina. And we are the House at Haunting Podcast. A podcast that makes discussing all things paranormal normal. So if you would like to become our next House at Haunter, you can find us at houseathaunting.com. Because we want to ask you. How's it haunting? All right, so we're at mid-roll. This is the part of the episode where we give shout-out to our Patreon members, and we have... Two, count it, one, two, two Patreon members this week. We have Amy, thank you, Amy, for your support. She joined the medium tier, which is super cool. And then we have 
my high school best friend, Sierra, she found my podcast and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So thank you, Sierra, for subscribing to us. It's super awesome. She listens to our podcast at night. <laughs> Welcome that, to the party, both of y'all, but also, no. why do you listen at night? Yeah, yeah, that's what I asked her. She's like, I also watch horror films at night. I was like, can All you right. not? All right, that's, let's go. You know, whatever. Okay, so she also enjoyed the medium tier, so they have access to our bonus episodes, which are so much fun. But here we are. So if you like what you do and you're listening to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, be sure to drop a review, like like rate, rate and review. There we go. Yeah. And then if you're on Spotify, be sure to smash that follow button. And anywhere else, please be sure to do the thing. Yeah, because if you like what we do, please rate and review. And if you don't, don't <laughs> there there is an explicit we made it explicit for a reason so yeah thank so you we can bearing... say fuck that's, that's <laughs> the don't... only reason <laughs> zoe don't don't fucking swear watch your fucking language <laughs> watch your mouth watch watch your fucking mouth okay we we literally made it explicit because we we would like to swear on a podcast thank you so zoe nelson tell me yeah who you are talking about today because you had to do a compliment oh. to my person. So this week I'm covering someone that you may or may not have heard of, but you definitely will have heard of what he's done. So I'm covering Anton LaVey. I've, I've, nev- I've really? never. Yeah. yeah do, you, do you know anything about Anton LaVey? I've I never heard of this man until uh-huh. you Mentioned told me it? you were going to. Yep. And I looked okay. him up. I was like, oh, neat. A sadist. Yeah. A Satanist, a yeah, Satanist. <laughs> not the same. <laughs> not, yep, no, it's, it's, he, they are, yeah, the real yeah. deal. Here we go. Yeah. So, first off, we're going to talk a little bit about Satanism. So, Satanism, or Satanists believe, like, they say that they follow something called the left-handed path, which I thought was kind of fun. left hand so, of Satan. Uh-huh. But well, you might not say that after we're done. So. Oh, God. I so, put my hand up on everything. <laughs> so. This path, like, the left-handed paths are not like Wicca or Christianity, where it's focused on helping others, keeping everything in balance, like, or serving a deity. Not even close. Like, Satanism at its root is focused on self-determination and the power of self and self-importance. So, so, so question, question. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know there's, like, a lot of... How do I how do I say this? Like a lot of like negative. I don't know either. Negative Um, connotation to Satanist, right? But then you have the Church of Satan. Mm -hmm. We're getting there here here in the U.S. Yeah, that's like a lot of people are getting on board. Yeah, that people are getting on board with, and they're just like, yeah, do you like all of these ten tenants? Yeah, join the and like they're all really good. Like they're all about. So okay, so okay, go ahead. So are you going to talk? Are you? We're going to get into that a little bit. Okay, okay, great. So there's three different sects of Satanism. So reactive Satanism, theistic Satanism, and rationalistic Satanism. So theistic, or excuse me, theistic or esoteric Satanism recognizes the ex- existence of supernatural beings. So they have a deity, they have a god, quote unquote, which mm-hmm. is viewed as a father or an older brother figure, which is called, like, they call him Satan or... Uh, Sometimes they call him the Egyptian god Set. So either Satan or Set is theistic Satanism. Okay. So they believe, um, or the being is worshipped. Um, he doesn't completely resemble, like, in figure, the Christian version of Satan. But he has the same general principles, like qualities, like sexuality, pleasure, strength, uh, rebellion against Western mores. So still very much the same kind of idea. 
Okay. Reactive is the second type. So reactive Satanism refers to a group who adopted the stories of mainstream religion, but they invert its values. So these are the people that are like, okay, Christianity has a God and a devil. They worship God. They fear the devil. We're going to flip it. So they worship the devil and don't really give a shit about God. Okay. So That's interesting. It's really interesting. So in the... <laughs> Is this one of those things where I'm going to get in trouble again and be like, oh, that sounds cool. Five uh, second Google search. Uh-huh. Yeah. Five seconds. You'll find out. So in the 80s, this was the group that combined um, inverted Christianity with like the romantic Gnostic elements. Like they would use um, black metal, like role playing games like D&D, um, horror imagery, like all of those things that the Christian church was like, that's bad. They used. D&D. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> Role playing dungeon, games. Du- dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons, for those of you who don't know. It's there a great, great, great game. I love playing it so much. But they would use those things that the evangelical Christian church at the time was like, those are bad. They were like, okay, we're going to use all of that. And they would take all of those things and like use them for bad, like crime. Oh. So, <laughs> oh. So, <laughs> so now, like today, this group has organized more loosely, like still loosely organized, but less than like, they're also called uh, adolescent Satanists. So they're a little more organized. They're a little more moral. They don't indulge in crime anymore. Um, and they okay. have like some viewpoint of maybe there's an afterlife. We're not really sure. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So those are two types. Your third type is uh, rationalistic Satanism. So this is a highly secularized and atheistic type, like 100% atheist. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in the devil. But they're still Satanists. Right. So. Yep. What? Yep. So this style grew under the leadership of the American author and occultist Anton LaVey. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the very first type that I mentioned, the theist or esoteric Satanism, is Luciferian Satanism. They're the ones oh. that are like, mm, yeah, we're we worship the devil. So, okay. 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 Yeah. Or or a sect of it is a, a split off of the split off is Luciferian. So here we are. Ooh. So Anton Lavey created the Satanic Bible and the Church of Satan as we know it today, or it grew into what we know today as the Church of Satan. It was the most well-known and most public satanic organization that has ever existed. LaVey asserts that there is no God, there's no Satan. The only, quote-unquote, God is the Satanist himself. Extreme human emotion must be channeled and controlled rather than suppressed. And he believes that uh, the seven deadly sins should be considered actions which lead to physical, mental, or emotional gratification. So it's very much a you feel it, you fucking do it. Which, okay. Mm, oh, that's a little. Yeah, a little, mm. I was on board up until that point. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So LeVay believed that Satanism is the celebration of the self. So it encourages people to sink their own truths, indulge in desires without fear of societal taboos, and protect or perfect the self. The Church of Satan also does not condone any other types of Satanism. They're very exclusive. So the ones that believe in some sort of a deity, it's like, ah, oh, you're as dumb as the Christians. No, there is no <sighs> God. Oh, so, God. Okay. So here we are. That's, that's a little uncomfy to me, but ooh, here he is. So the current leadership of the Church of Satan, which I linked their website, uh, when asked the question, why do Satanists worship the devil? They responded with, quote, we don't. We see the universe as being indifferent to us. And so all morals and values are subjective human constructions. 
our position is to be self-centered with ourselves being the most important person, the quote-unquote God of our subjective universe. So we are sometimes said to worship ourselves. Okay. So here pretty, we are. Pretty hashtag deep. Uh, pretty egotistical if you ask me, but. And that too. Yeah. You know, I'd do it to be. So Anton LaVey was born Howard Stanton LaVey. Oh, look at that. <laughs> funnily enough, Anton LaVey, it's. Capital L, little a, capital V, little E-Y. His original last name was just capital L, lowercase all the rest. So he had to make that one, like, the V super important. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't understand. Okay. I mean, I mean, you know, pop off, I guess. I do what you gotta do, I suppose. Uh, so he was born April 11th, 1930, in Chicago, Illinois, to his parents, uh, Michael and Gertrude LeVay. The family what a name. <laughs> Gertrude. Gertrude. Name. Yeah, thank you. Oh, it's a beautiful <laughs> name. The family moved to San Francisco, the San Francisco Bay Area in California, where Anton spent his early life. He found mm-hmm. a love for music and focused on keyboard instruments. He really loved the pipe organ and the calliope. Ooh, yeah. time out. What? What the fuck is that? Oh, it's just, it's just a, a keyboard instrument, a calliope. Google it. I have, I have never. <laughs> That's okay. Wait, hey, Google, define what a calliope is. Uh, a keyboard <laughs> instrument resembling an organ, but with the notes produced by steam whistles. Uh-huh. Use cheap. <laughs> Thanks, Google. <laughs> I wasn't really talking to you. Uh, used chiefly on showboats and mm-hmm. in traveling fairs okay yeah yep okay here we are cool all right so at age 16 sweet little anton levey dropped out of high school he ran away and joined a circus and then later a carnival he was a roustabout and cage boy in an act with big cats oh okay i was like he was just a solo act in a cage that's fucked up (laughs) no 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 no. he would uh the big cats would chase him around that's also fucked up (laughs) seems kind of dangerous but here we are uh, he then would start. He then started to play the calliope as part of his whole like circus dealio and carnival thing. Um, he claimed to have seen the men at like some of the nightclubs or the burlesque shows that they would have as a part of the the carnival on a Saturday night. He would see some of the men that were there at church the next morning at the tent revivals, and he was like, "That's fucked up. I don't like that." That's interesting. Yeah. So, not so good. It kind of reinforced his cynical view of religion. Um, And actually, in the foreword of the German edition of the Satanic Bible, he explains that this, like, churchgoer moral double standard is the reason that he kind of chose to defy uh, the Christian religion as he knew it. What what era was this in? Uh, 40s. The 40s? Okay. Right now, we're in the 40s in the story. Um, okay. he, it goes all the way through the nineties. Okay. Well, I, I want to, I want to make a point that like, obviously times have changed and like, mm. uh, standards also change. That's not necessarily like somebody who works at a bar is like yeah. a heathen and can't go to church on Oh God, no, no, on not Sundays. It's, it's usually like, I, I feel like in this, in this instance, it's like also the forties, like mm-hmm. everything is more risque. So like, oh, for sure. I feel like yeah. at that time having a, a, a more serious bias than we do these yeah. days. Yes, I would agree. Okay. So at this point in the story, it is very important for us to note that journalist Lawrence Wright investigated LeVay's background and found no evidence that LeVay ever worked in a circus. This article can be found 
And it's not easy being evil in a world that's gone to hell uh, in Rolling Stones, uh, the September 5th, 1991 edition. So so he never worked. Then who said he worked in a circus? Anton LaVey. He, he said that he worked in the circus, but yes. there's no proof anywhere that he worked in a circus. Correct. Wild. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll Go on to that. I'm, I'm invested. Go ahead. <laughs> so in 1948, LeVay began to work um, his, as an organist in bars, lounges, nightclubs, all sorts of places. So he was working in a burlesque house in Los Angeles when he allegedly had a brief affair with the then unknown Marilyn Monroe while she was a, a burlesque dancer at the Mayan Theater. Get out. Please. T- did he make that up too or is that true? So this was challenged by those who knew Marilyn Monroe and also the manager of the main theater, Paul Valentine, who said that she never worked for him, number one. And number two, the theater was never a burlesque house. Oh, so he made that up. Man, that's like, if you're going to lie. Lie big, you know. Right. Apparently. Good? (laughs) Like. Lie better. uh, Lie better. Just lie better. Okay, cool. Great. So according to his. Put it on a (laughs) t-shirt. Just lie better. Uh, according to his biography, LeVay then moved back to San Francisco in 1950 and met Carol Lansing. They married the following year when Lansing was 15 years old. He was 21. He was 21. No. Carol gave no. birth to their first child the next year, Carla LeVay. Ugh. 16 years old mm-hmm. having a child. Yep. God. Yep. Okay. Hold on to how fucked up that is and just wait. Uh, So in order to avoid the Korean War draft, Anton LaVey studied criminology and then attained a job as a photographer for the San Francisco Police Department. I want to say it's not it's Mm. not it's unfortunate things happen to, to, you know, people. So I want to like back up for a second and clarify that I wasn't saying a 16 year old having a child. Life happens. I'm saying physically Uh having a child at 16 years old is rough. I want to clarify that for just a second. Okay, go ahead. No, that's fair. But also, I think getting married at 15 and having a child at 16 is a little sketchy, like, even for that time frame. Like, I feel like that's not great. No, yeah, no, that but is crazy. I just didn't want to be insensitive are. and be like... Good call. Good having call, definitely. Having a 16-year-old having a child is disgusting. It's not... I'm no. saying physically that's rough. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine as a 27-year-old having a child. So Certainly. No, I'm having 26. a child is difficult. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. God, at 16. <laughs> Woo. Okay. Uh, So he he worked for the San Francisco Police Department for three years. Later biographers question this due to there being no records for him working for the SFPD. What the fuck did this guy do? What did he actually do? Okay. So LaVey and Carol divorced in 1960 after nine years of marriage. So. Because she probably changed to a whole different person. No. Oh. It was because Anton LaVey became entranced by Diane Haggerty. Who the fuck is that? They never married. They never married. But she was his companion for the next 24 years and mothered his second daughter, Zena Galita LaVey, in 1963. The names just get worse. Oh. Zena is the second most normal next to Kayla. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
All in all, Anton LaVey became a local celebrity in San Francisco. So through his paranormal research and he did live performances as an organist, like he was very good at anything with a keyboard. So he even had the honor of playing the Wolzer at the Lost Weekend Cocktail Lounge, which is like this really old uh, pipe organ that's really prestigious to be able to play. Okay, cool. He was also a very noticeable figure. Like if you see him walking down the street, you'd be like, I know who that fucker is. He drove a coroner's van. Why? <laughs> because he drove a coroner's van. What? <laughs> and he could often be seen walking his pet black leopard down the street. The leopard's name was Zoltan. Okay, that's a dope ass <laughs> name, first off. But second, <sighs> what the fuck? Yeah, I know. No um, exotic pets. No exotic pets. No exotic here we pets. Are. That's such an issue that we're having. Okay. Yes. I mean, to be fair, this was the 60s. So, you know, you could just buy a monkey out of a... Um, pamphlet that somebody walked to your house so it is what that's it is. not okay yeah mm-hmm. here we are okay cool all right so also his parties were legendary Guess- did he hold balls no 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 he would just he have hold like balls? crazy parties together um, were they were they bouncing from the left and to the right maybe okay maybe okay maybe <laughs> so guests included michael harner he was an anthropologist who founded the foundation for shamanic shamanic studies in the new age practice of core shamanism i i'm i'm reading along in your notes Uh because i'm having because i'm so tired i'm having a hard Mm -hmm. time following along and i want to make sure i'm here and engaged in the moment yeah i thought that said shenanigism (laughs) for a second (laughs) i mean same thing shamanism shenanigans you know it's it's the same shenanigism shenanigism that's there we go that's what we do here cool (laughs) And then uh, also Chester A. Arthur III, who was an astrologer and sexologist. Mm. He was also a gay rights advocate and a practical prototype for the hippies. Yes. I like that you put the number three in his name. Uh-huh. Because I didn't want to type I three times. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So. I mean, it's just efficient. Here we are. So the next human that was a lot lot of time at these parties was Forrest J. Ackerman, who is the founder of like science fiction fandom, which I thought was kind of cool. That's kind of nerdy, but I dig it. I'm down. Yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty good. And then, of course, many other people. Those were just three of the more popular ones that I mentioned. Cool. So now we're going to get into the church formation. So... LaVey began presenting Friday night lectures on the occult and, like, rituals to a group that he would, like, have come to his house, and he called them the Magic Circle. Some of those topics that, like, they would talk about included vampires, cannibalism, lycanthropy, as well as philosophy and religion. Okay. That's a widespread right there. Yeah, that's a... So during those parties, LeVay would even hire sex workers to come in like dressed as fanciful creatures. So like vampires or whatever tickled his fancy at the time. <sighs> All um, right. Yeah. Apparently Diane was okay with it. I, here we are. Ugh. So the magic circle grew to be called the Order of the Trapezoid. Now, <laughs> this is relevant <laughs> This is incredibly relevant because like how I was talking about the law with your with your topic. Yeah. Uh, 
The Sanhedrin was a thing in, like, Hebrew times where, like, they were the Pharisees, like, the biggest and the best of the Pharisees, right? Like, that, like, helped corral everything and, like, uphold the law for the Hebrews. So that's kind of where he got his idea, the, the, the Sanhedrin, the trapezoid. It's so funny. The order, you don't get it, but it's really funny. I don't because I don't – but I want to call it uh, the <laughs> – the order of the hypotenuse or like the order of the triangle that'd be okay the order of the circle <laughs> no the magic circle became the order of the trapezoid <laughs> that's what happened i almost just spit my coffee everywhere i tried oh all right so oh god <laughs> that group uh the order of the trapezoid grew into the governing body for the church of satan Okay, so a great. member I'm glad I'm glad that name evolved. I'm gonna interrupt you and say I'm glad it's that fine. fucking name <laughs> changed. It's so bad. It's so bad. Now it's like the order of nine, I think, uh is what they go with. That's cool. So, that's yeah. that's cool too. I'm down yeah. for that. They have some really good names. Like, don't get me wrong, their names are great. Uh, so a member of this group of people that were always coming over to Anton's house was like, Hey man, you got the basis for a religion with like all your thoughts. Like, we could just base it on the idea of the self-made man oh god so here we are okay so according to anton levey himself on this word that i can't pronounce well walpurgisnacht walpurgisnacht there we go walpurgisnacht there we go it which actually is really funny to me that he put it here because in the christian faith which is where it comes from it's a feast day for Catholics for St. Walperta. So that individual is who Catholics like pray to God for intercession to whenever they're like, they need to be protected from witchcraft. <laughs> so I just think it's really ironic that that's, he did it on that day, which is the day that they celebrate that. That's actually really funny. I know. It was like, well, well I mean, done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so he ritualistically shaved his head. Uh, on that day, allegedly, quote, in the transition, tra- in the tradition of ancient executioners, declaring the foundation of the Church of Satan and proclaiming 1966 as the year one, Anno Satanis, the first year of the age of Satan. Oop, oop. Mm-hmm. It was later revealed that LeVay just lost a bet and had to shave his head. He made huh. up the story. <laughs> kidding me he made it up to make it sound better <laughs> this guy sucks oh. so hard oh he so makes me fucking laugh. hard Ooh. holy shit it's so funny okay Ooh. so levey's image following the declaration that he had made um was very uh hmm, this is a word that i'm gonna have a really hard time with because it's so long and i'm gonna fuck it up just be prepared <sighs> mephistophelian oh. meth Mephistophelian. There's two yeah. PHs. There's I two know. sets of PHs. There's too many. So <laughs> that's the one time I'm going to say it. Here we are. Uh, okay. So with that view, people were like, okay, it was probably inspired by an occult-themed episode of the television show The Wild Wild West titled The Night of the Druid's Blood, which originally aired on March 25th, 1966, starring Don Rickles as the evil magician and satanic cult leader Asmodeus. His persona is virtually identical to that of what LaVey adopted only one month later. This guy <laughs> is... Ooh, it just gets better. Un- unbelievable. It just gets Un- better. 
Oh, I'm invested. Please keep going. Please never end. I don't want this story to end. This is great. So in 1967, the media went wild over a satanic wedding ceremony of journalist John Raymond to the New York socialite Judith Case. Many newspapers dubbed LeVay the quote-unquote Black Pope because he was, you know, officiating the wedding. So now we got the Black Pope. LeVay continued to perform satanic ceremonies and even held the first satanic baptism on his three-year-old daughter, Zena. Woo! Declaring the child to Satan and the left-hand path. He also held satanic funerals, including one for a Navy man, um, Edward Olson, complete with chrome-helmeted honor guard, which I thought was kind of cool. That's cool. Ooh, fancy. Then in 1968, LeVay opened up his home to a documentary film crew. Satanic rituals were staged for the camera with a nude woman serving as the altar. <gasps> LeVay sat in his, in his little area with a cocktail in one hand uh, and looked at the camera and was like, it occurred to me for many, many years that there was a large gray area between psychiatry and religion that was untapped. And no religion had ever been based on man's carnal needs for his fleshly pursuits. Oh, my God. (laughs) All religions are based on abstinence rather than indulgence. And all religions, therefore, have to be based on fear. Well, we don't feel that fear is necessary to base a religion on. I mean, yes, but Mm -hmm. no? Yeah, exactly. Yes, but no. (laughs) (laughs) So then in 1969, he published the Satanic Bible. So three years after the creation of the Satanic Church, um, he publishes their, like, doctrines, right? So setting down the teachings and rituals of his church, he asserted that there was no higher power, none, and Satanism is, at its root, was atheistic as uh, the opposition between God and Satan represented for him the struggle between hypocrisy and regression on the one hand and indulgence and liberation on the other. Quote, Hate your enemies with your whole heart, and if a man smite you on one cheek, all capitals, smash him on the other. So, Whoa. Yeah. Isn't, so isn't the, hmm? the striking on the cheek hmm? uh, a biblical reference? Yes. It's uh, if you are struck on the cheek, give them the other one. So if you get hit, don't fight back. Give them the other side so they can hit you again. That's the, the biblical version. Great. Yeah. So in the late 60s and early 70s, LaVey melded ideological influences from Friedrich Nietzsche, Nietzsche, I think, uh, who was a German philosopher, Anne Rand, who is a great author, by the way, if nobody's ever read The Fountainhead. Um, she wrote that book and developed the physiological, or philosophical system that she named objectivism. Neat. He used H.L. Mekin, who was an American journalist, and social Darwinism. He took all of those ideologies and all of those philosophies that they had created and smashed them together with the ideology and ritual practices of the Church of Satan. So he's just borrowing from everything. So he didn't even have, like... Like that guy said, his own thoughts to start a religion, he still had to rip off from other places. Yeah, the difference, though, is that Anton LaVey actually did cite all of his sources. So any book that he ever wrote that had ideologies from somebody else, he would cite them, which is okay, right? Okay. Okay, okay. That's that's nice. You don't get that much. Right. Exactly. I was like, okay, all right, that's cool. So he wrote essays introducing reworked excerpts from Ragnar Redbeard's Might is Right. Which I didn't really like. 
It's a book that champions armorality, consequentialism, and psychological hedonism. I don't know any i didn't understand anything <laughs> that you just that's said. okay that's totally fine so basically what it is is anything you want you take oh because you have no um like the mighty are the ones that are gonna get whatever they want and the weak get the fuck out of the way i, I don't like it very much ah might might is right okay i knew yeah. i didn't like that title mm-hmm. okay, great yeah. i don't either <laughs> so with that he can kind of concluded with uh satanized quote unquote versions of John D's Enochian keys. Um John which is John, John John D. Who? D's nuts. Yeah, John D's nuts Enochian keys, which was uh I, I'm sure anybody who's watched Supernatural knows the word Enochian, uh oh. angel writing. So oh. you good? You good over there? <laughs> you good? <laughs> Of course I did. You know me. You know how I can do things. Oh, my God. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'm crying. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> no, you said these nuts. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Oh, God, I'm all crying. Right. There's tears. Oh, oh so that was he, great. Thank he, you. You're welcome. He used all that stuff to create um, the books, the Satanized books, uh, The Complete Witch, which was renamed The Satanic Witch in 1989, and The Satanic Rituals, which included rituals drawing on the work of H.P. Lovecraft. So he was just like throwing a bunch of shit together. Jesus. He, uh-huh. Like, how many books and plays? H.P. Lovecraft? That's mm-hmm. the guy who does like. Cthulhu, Cthulhu mm-hmm. and crazy. Isn't yeah. he racist too? Oh, hell, hella racist. Hella oh, okay, racist. Cool. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, like, not cool. Like, cool, like, guess right, but like, yeah. not cool. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, actually, the book, The Satanic Witch, focuses on teaching women lesser magic, quote unquote, um, which is a system of manipulation by means of applied psychological and, or psychology and glamour called Wile and Guile. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> oh, and guile. It's, it's, all right. <laughs> it's used to bend an individual or a situation to one's will. So this coincided with him running newspaper ads for a quote-unquote witch's workshop, where <laughs> he would teach women how to manipulate men. That's what. That's all he would do is teach right. them how to do that. During this time, also members of the Church of Satan would like scatter fake one dollar bills around San Francisco, and when people would pick up the dollar bill, they look at the back of it and it would say like it would have an invitation to join the infernal empire printed on the back of it with like the address for the church of satan <laughs> like why that's that's good uh marketing right there i'm not that's, gonna lie i mean yeah but it's also really shitty so <laughs> Uh, Then in 1972, the public work that took place at LeVay's Black House, which is where he, like, started, like, where he would base the Church of Satan at the time, um, it was in San Francisco. He ended any kind of, like, anything happening inside the Black House, um, and it would, like, work continued in other regional areas called grottos. So, like, he disbanded the, the big thing, and, like, they moved to, like, small house places, I guess. Was there a reason so, for this? Yes. Yes and no. Um, I'll, I'll explain that a little bit in a minute. 
Okay. Yeah. So in 1875, Anton LaVey announced that higher degrees of initiation could be given in return for financial contributions. So he started uh, selling ranks. Oh, that's annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's so annoying. That's exactly what our dear good our dear good friend Michael uh, practice his last name. Aquinto. Yeah, Michael Aquinto. So in June of 1975, Michael Aquinto was the editor for the church's newsletter. Um, he actually left the church and formed a theistic temple of Set. So remember, those are the guys that believe deities and like worship the deities, right? Gotcha. So not not very not. It's a little, it's a little different. It's a little different than the the actual church of satan right which is so weird okay isn't it yeah it's very strange um i think that's where the split of like luciferian and um humanitarian come from because Mm -hmm. the church of satan is like quote unquote humanitarian i suppose it could be but anyway I, i mean if you can get over like if your desire is to help people i guess anyway fair enough (laughs) so the church of satan's membership had never exceeded two thousand people so this split was a huge deal because it took a lot of people. Yeah. So then in 1980, the FBI interviewed, like, showed up to Anton LaVey's house and oh. was like, hey, did you, were you a part of the plot to try and kill Ted Kennedy? <gasps> and he was like, what? No, no. So during that interview process, LaVey told the agents that most of the church's followers were, quote, fanatics, cultists, and weirdos. End quote. <gasps> You can't, you can't say that about your own members. Oh, my God. You can. You very much can. I mean, you can, but what a <laughs> they dick. They didn't know. They didn't have any idea. Oh, my God. So the agents reported that LaVey's, quote, interest in the Church of Satan is strictly from a monetary point of view. He just cares about money. That's all it is. Okay. That sounds about right. After... They figured out, okay, Anton LaVey is literally just here for money, right? They said in their report, he spends most of his time furnishing interviews, writing material, and lately has become interested in photography. So he's not even, like, doing any Satan-y stuff. That's weird. Yeah. So then in the 80s, the Satanic Panic happened. Woo! Remember that? Yeah, but I forget why it was started. It started in, like... A kindergarten thing or something? Yeah, I'll tell you. Preschool. Okay, cool. So his daughter, Zena, remember her? Yes. Second second kid? Yes. So she became the spokesperson for the Church of Satan during that time frame. Like the spokeswoman, right? So she was named a high priestess in the church at that point. It started with the publication of a now discredited memoir called um, Michelle Remembers. So... It culminated with the McMartin Preschool Trial, which was a heavily publicized trial that ran from 84 to 90, in which the prosecutors used very leading, very intense questioning to get over 300 preschool children to testify that they had been sexually abused by their teacher as a part of a satanic ritual. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Big deal. So this came out and it was it was happening, right? So Zena called her dad. And I was like, hey, what the fuck are you going to say about this? Let, let me just, let me read you this quote. Okay. So in 1985, a U.S. show called 2020 accused the Satanic Bible of being responsible for chi- child daycare satanic ritual abuse, allegations which were new then. So here's what she said. She said, I called my father and asked him what his media strategy would be to deal with this catastrophe. Nothing. He didn't care. As far as he was concerned, it did not concern him. 
It wasn't anything he needed to worry about. He certainly wasn't going to go out in public to do anything about it. He admitted that many media sources had already contacted him and he was just going to ignore it until it went away. I tried to convince him that this would only get worse if he didn't respond and that he really needed to get someone to answer calls quickly or it would take at, they, it would be taken as an admission of guilt or suspicion. Finally, he admitted that he had no one to deal with the interviews or media. I offered to help him temporarily until he found somebody. This was not what I'd intended to do with my life. I had other plans. Oh, wow. So, so she, she had to take that on. Yes, she did. Yep. That's a huge fucking deal. Yes, it is. And I think she was she was in her early 20s at that point. Like, Oof. pretty early 20s. So then in June of 1984, LeVay's relationship with Diane Haggerty ended. She, which was Zena's mom. Yeah. So she issued a restraining order against Anton LeVay, and he did not contest it. Diane okay. ended up suing him for palimony. What is, what is palimony? You're not married, but they still owe you money. Ah. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Owl, owl money, but, but they're pals. Exactly. That's the way I thought okay. of it. thought that was okay, fun. Cool. So nice. at that point, LeVay's third and final companion was Blanche Barton. On November 1st, 1993. What the she, fuck? What? Blanche? No, go ahead. Oh. No, I, I'm reading ahead in your notes. I, I was just you. like, what? <laughs> I told you. She gave birth to their son, Satan Xerxes Karnacki LeVay. Sir. Mm-hmm. Bullies exist. Uh -huh. What? I mean, what? who's going to bully a kid named Satan, though? Like, think about that. I would. Okay, I mean, I, would, I probably would, too. But you would, too. <laughs> Don't even. Like, in a loving way, you know? <sighs> Ooh. So, Anton LaVey died on October 29th, 1997. Oh, so he... Yep. His son he, was he four just, years old. Yeah, he fucking died four years later. Yep. He died in St. Mary's Medical Center in San Francisco of uh, pulmonary edema. Mm. He was taken to the Catholic hospital because it was the <laughs> closest one available. <laughs> I thought that was funny when I read it. I was like, oh, huh, get it. Uh. So a secret satanic funeral was uh, took place, uh, and it was attended only by invitation. It was very exclusive. Uh, it was held in Colma, California, after which LaVey was cremated. So after his death, there was a lengthy legal battle for the property. Um, his first daughter showed back up and was like, give me that. I want it. Um, the black house ended up getting sold off and then demolished and was replaced by a normal looking condominium. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. That would be cool. So Magistra Blanche Barton, his last partner, Blanche Barton, uh, took over the role as the head of the church after his death. And they, mm -hmm. and they would call him, her uh, Magistra. Magistra Barton. Uh, she has since stepped down and it has been handed over to uh, Mangus Peter H. Gilmore. So Mangus is its title. Three months after Anton's death, his estranged daughter, Zena. His estranged daughter. That's important. Why is it? Why is it? What? We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So his daughter, Zena... Uh, and her husband, Nicholas, published a nine-page fact sheet in which they endorsed Lawrence Wright's earlier allegations of the circus stories being false and claimed that many more stories that he had, including sleeping with um, Marilyn Monroe, were made up. He just made them up for fun. Ooh. Neat. Yeah. Anthropologist Jean LaFonte described him as a, quote, colorful figure of considerable personal magnetism. Historian mm. of Satanism, which I didn't know they had those, um, 
Garth J. Medway described LaVey as a born showman. He also likened him to other cult leaders, which I thought yeah. was a little like oof. Yeah, I, um, I can see that. Yeah, he mentioned Jim Jones as one of them, which I, I ah. didn't really like that because... Um, but of course, Satanism was founded on the do the thing for yourself. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. So two official biographies have been written on Anton LaVey. Uh, the Devil's Avenger by Burton H. Wolfe. It was published in 1974. And The Secret Life of a Satanist by his partner, Blanche Barton, was published in 1990. That's the one I want to read. Hey, can you can you write a biography about me when I die? Sure. Great, yeah, thanks. Definitely. You're welcome. It'll be, sh- it'll be short. I mean, no, probably not. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I intend for you to live for a long time, so. You know. Oh, okay, all right. See, so. yeah, you're going to do a lot of things in your life, you know. That's Oh, yeah, because I'm yeah, only a quarter of the way there. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So Anton LaVey was featured in many magazines such as Look, McCall's, Newsweek, and even Time magazine. He appeared on talk shows like The Joe Pine Show, um, Donahue, and The Tonight Show. And he was even in a feature-length documentary called Satanists in 1970, which I thought was interesting. That's cool. So he really was doing it for the money. Yeah. Yep. Great. So for fun, because I thought it was interesting and I got sucked in uh, to the family bullshit, um, I wanted to write a little bit about Zena LaVey, um, which she has renounced the last name LaVey. Uh, She and her husband, Nicholas, actually divorced, but she kept his last name instead of going back to her maiden name, which I don't blame her. Yeah. Um. So she grew up in the Church of Satan, right? Very, very bigly into the Church of Satan. She was a very public, ba- like, figure, very public at three years old after her oh. baptism in 1967. Because, I mean, that was, like, the first baby baptized in the Church of Satan. Like, everybody was freaking the fuck out. Like, big, big deal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Ooh, very bad. So she was subject of a lot of, like, journalism reports and then, like, interviews and stuff like that. And Burton H. Wolfe, the guy who wrote the, one of the biographies that I was telling you about a second ago, he uh-huh. actually put a description of her because he wrote an introduction for one of the versions of the Satanic Bible. And in that introduction, here is a quote that I'm uncomfortable with, and I'm so sorry to everybody else. Zena, remembered by people who saw the famous photo of the Satanic Church baptism as a tiny tot, but now a gorgeously developed teenager attracting a growling pack of wolves, human male variety. Disgusting. She was 13 when he wrote Disgust- that. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. This is particularly uncomfortable because soon after that, she became pregnant at 13. So. Oof. Yes. Jail. Whoever that was, yeah. right to jail. Yeah. Uh, she describes her childhood as a disaster, an absolute fucking shit show. Yeah. So her father got the idea of starting his own church, right? Her mother was mortified, absolutely did not want to do it, thought it was the worst idea possible. They fought all the time after the church started. Neither of them could give their kid the time of day. They would hire somebody to watch her while they were just fucking fighting. Very bad situation. That sucks. Very bad. So her mother wanted their family, the LeVay family, to be like the Adams family, not some like church whatever the fuck happened, right? So she wanted right. to be the, the like the weird couple that like did all the stuff that like drove the coroner's van and like thought it was cute, right? And not right. not this, not what it turned into, which is why they fought all the time. She describes, uh, Zena describes her life 
where most of the followers of the Church of Satan didn't follow her dad's view of Satanism. They were like, no, Satan's real. Like, it's it's the theist version. So a lot of these people legitimately were like, oh, no, like, yeah, Anton, we believe you. But in the side, we're like practicing black magic or Ooh. doing other stuff, right? So when she was asked in an interview about the future of Satanism, Zena describes her father as a lazy man who didn't plan for the future of the religion or the future of his family, because, quote, that is the nature of the Levian Satanism. Get what you can, live only in the here and now, care only about yourself, and get other people to care for you. It's like you're one big infant, end quote. Oh, yeah, she, man. She's straight up, like, um, in... 84, 85 is when she jumped in to help with, you know, being a PR person. Right. Her dad was very excited, very proud of her, made her a high priestess. Everything was great. And then she got very disillusioned very fast about what what was going on. None of it was very well put together. None of it was thought through. Um, she didn't think that her dad had put any actual thought or effort into anything that he had done. So by the time everything kind of calmed down, she resigned from her post in 1990, left the church completely, pulled out, never spoke to her dad again. Like, just done. Immediately cut off. She and her Whoa. husband at the time, Nicholas, they both just left. They were like, look, fuck you. Bye. Um, very bad. Ugh. Then she went to, like, she didn't really do anything for a little while, just kind of hung out, like, looked around, just was there. Mm -hmm. In November of 2002, she joined the Temple of Set. So you remember earlier when yes. the fellow left? Yes. She joined that group and was made a high priestess, and everything was, like, everything was chilling, everything was good. But then in December, something happened, and she left. I don't know what that oh, no. something is. Okay. Um, but oof. Ooh. Here we are. Probably not good. Probably, Probably not, not good. good. Probably not good. So she now identifies herself as a Buddhist and teaches Tibetan Tantric Buddhism, which is, you know, the sexy, sexy time. So Is it? Tantric is, yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh. I need Here we are. I've never, I've never heard of that. Okay. Okay. Feel free to Google. <laughs> like, I'm going to lightly, I'm going to just take yeah. five seconds to yeah. Google real quick, even though Safety Google. it might, might be... <laughs> Not what I, I don't understand. So I'm okay. just trying to understand. That's okay. You, you can just you can just go on ahead. And just okay. Let me. So currently, like current members of the Church of Satan, disagree with Zena completely with her view of her father. So she's very outspoken against him um, because you know she just doesn't think it was very well done, and they don't agree with her. They all are very dismissive of her and her ideas. And Jeff Nagy who is a current Church of Satan priest, went so far as to say she's an ass. Oh! Like, publicly. Whoa! Yeah. Um, like many others, he believes that Zena turned on her father in the hopes of making herself famous. Which, she actually... The, the church had dwindled, which is the reason that Anton LaVey stopped holding the church stuff in the Black House. Because oh. it just got too expensive. Nobody was coming. Nobody was giving money. That's why he started selling the stuff like selling the ranks and it had just continued to dwindle and then when she started doing pr and like speaking to people like she even set up having conversations with police to help them understand okay this is what satanism is this is how it works this stuff that you think that we're doing we're not 
Here's 100% like what's happening. Look at all of it. We'll have conversations. Not a big deal. Like did a whole lot for it. And then when she left in 1990, church numbers were up. So she single-handedly saved it. I was about to say, because yeah. like that dude ran it into the ground. So I'm yes. sitting here waiting for like who saved mm-hmm. this because, man, yeah. it was going under. Yeah. So after her, like she, she's left. She's gone to Temple of Set. That's bullshit. So she went to uh, Buddhism now. So she is staunchly yeah. a Buddhist. I, I Yeah, I Googled that. And now I understand. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. All right, cool. So after growing up and learning about how the most important thing in life was yourself, Zena has rejected that belief and now spends her time helping others resolve painful issues through meditation and spiritual guidance. She actually cited the reason that she does this is because when she was 13 and pregnant, she learned to meditate because she was going to have to go through having a child at 13 when her bones aren't even fucking developed yet. So, of right. course, that's going to hurt. So, did she, she end up having... C-section. So, that child is alive. Yes. As far as I know, yes. Um, I didn't look into the name of the child because I didn't... I didn't want to put that out there because I don't know if she wants to put that out there. Um, she's she's in her 40s, I think. 40s or 50s. Um, okay. And, like, still is a very, very loud advocate for people. Um, so... In a Vice interview that I found that I linked in my notes, it's actually really good. If anybody, any of our Patreon members get a second to read it, it's fantastic. Um, she says, quote, I teach people worldwide, regardless of their beliefs or background, drug addicts, child stars, religion-based cult members from sects like Scientology, Jehovah's Witnesses, members from Iranian Marxist political groups. I feel the need to help people who have a short-range need for spiritual assistance, and the techniques that I teach can aid them in overcoming their problems the same way I did. If I can help plant the seed, my teaching can continue to help later on in life, and even if they eventually end up searching elsewhere for guidance, it's okay. She seems like a pretty dope person. Yes. So I just, I think it's really interesting that she went from being taught to be incredibly selfish and to be self-centered and to fuck everybody else, take what you want, to coming to this place of realizing, hey, maybe that's not the way things need to be. Maybe I can help some people. I love that. Like, that makes me really happy. So that that takes, that takes a lot, especially when you you grow up in that environment. Seriously. You know, it's every, every man for himself, but it's like, okay, now we're not. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, neat. Yeah, we're we're two hours in. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We okay. need to we need to cut it because hoof. Okay. So this was cool. I really enjoyed this episode, even though it was really long. But I think we got to learn about two. Like, I feel like somehow later on these two are gonna come back up. I'm sure. I'm I'm very or, sure they have to. Or or these themes are gonna come back up. Yeah. Later, so it's gonna be. It is what it is. I'm glad we covered it. Yeah. Me too. Okay. All right. Great. So let's, let's wrap it up. So if you want to check us out, uh, you can sh- 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 find us on our website at www.hauntherbarelyknowher.com. If you want to engage with what we're doing with us personally, you can uh, check out our social medias at Instagram or Twitter. And our handle is podcast. Woo! Uh, you get on Instagram, you're going to get me. And if you get on Twitter, you're going to get Zoe. But Zoe's yeah. a little busy right now, but that's okay. <laughs> so... Uh, we're always we're always doing stuff. We're always on there, chilling, posting, yeah, hanging out, doing stuff. Promoting. You know, yeah. The, so the things. swing by, swing by, say hi, drop a like, do yeah. your thing. Um, yeah. So that's cool. All right. So Beautiful. until next time, haunt her. I barely know her. Or that weird guy at Loch Ness. <laughs> 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 <laughs>